Hi everyone, and welcome to Focus Football, a podcast which explores the career journeys, reaccounts the experiences of football and sports industry professionals, and provides insights to those wishing to enter the wonderful world of football and sports by hearing from those that have come before them. Once again, we're joined by a fantastic guest, a gentleman that is a sports sustainability consultant, a member of the Sports Ecology Group, sits on the working group of the European Association for Sports Management, and most notably is the founder and CEO of the Sports Footprint, an environmentally focused startup aiming to implement sustainable practices in the world of sports. A very warm welcome, Janos, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for the invitation. So glad to be here, Faris, and thanks again. Oh, it's great having you, Janos. I think it's worth setting the context, perhaps, for those that are listening. We all happen to be in different countries and different parts of the world at the moment and are obviously doing this interview today via Zoom. And so apologies in advance for any issues in the sound quality. I'm currently in Oman in the Middle East. Amor is in Dubai. And Janos, where are you currently? I'm based in, in Athens, Greece at the moment. Oh, that's fantastic, Janos. And it's the place that you call home as well. So Janos, what we like to do is start off each episode with a question. And the question is, and what we'd love to know is, what does football mean to you? Okay, uh, that's a hard one for a first question. I would say that football has always been part of my life since I remember myself in the very beginning as a football player, a very passionate one, not necessarily the best, but but still passionate. Then as a football coach and a sports scientist, and uh, finally as a sports and sustainability consultant and, and specialist. So football has been always a part in my life and uh, it's it's so much associated with my my daily life and daily activities so I I consider it as a integral you know part of my life. That's great to hear and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that and as we're working on this podcast we're trying to share different people's stories of what again football means to them and how they're trying to integrate themselves on different aspects of football. And we just want to start off very quickly by giving a quick like if you could share with us a quick introduction of your personal background, where you're from, and your studies, and tell us about that, how that's been for you, and how you slowly transitioned into football. Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned before, I grew up in a small city in the suburbs of Athens, Greece, really close by the the sea. And I used to play football since I was six years old until the age of 18, where I had a serious injury on my back and then I uh, had to retire early. And uh, since then, my dream was to stay in the football field and uh, work there as a football coach. Uh, so I, after graduating from school, I went to the uh, National University of Athens for physical education and sports science. And I worked as a sports scientist at the same time I traveled to the UK to attend the football courses from the Football Association over there. Simultaneously with my studies, I used to work as a part-timer in local amateur football clubs in Greece, where I had the chance to apply you know, all this theoretical knowledge and skills into the, the practical field of work. And at some point after graduating from my bachelor degree, I wanted to know more and, uh, you know, delve into the specifics of football management, the business side of football, how to manage people uh, in in this regard. So I was lucky enough to get a full scholarship from the Russian International Olympic University 
And I lived almost a year there studying sports management and uh, sports administration. And there was uh, the transition into uh, sustainability. There is the, the crucial point that this thing happened. Okay, and so you talked to us about sustainability and clearly you've gone a bit around to understand how you wanted to get to where you are now. And you were, again, you talked to us about how you wanted to take initiative on touching on more the business aspect of things and the administration side of things. Now you talked about sustainability very briefly. Why did you want to touch on sustainability? What does sustainability mean to you on a personal level? Mm-hmm. Um, since I was I was playing football, I saw the the influence and the impact of football on uh, on local societies. So when I was I was playing the whole uh, you know area of the, that I was living, a lot of people that were coming to the to the stadium and they got really excited about the local team. So I was thinking about the influence of of this very very local football club to the to the society. And then as I grew up, I also, I was very interested in climate change and in the environmental aspects. So sustainability and football, in my perspective, are some somewhat very, very close, uh, close things. And the, that was my driver to be passionate about those, those two. And now that you're, you're stepping more and more into the footballing industry, you told us about sustainability. Why did you not pick anything else? You had a good degree, you went on a scholarship to Russia Sports Administration. Why did you not get into other things which might have been agency, sponsorships, football development? You told us why sustainability means a lot to you, but why stick to sustainability? It's much easier to go into the business side of things, right? Is that something that you want to change? Is that something that you want to be part of? Can you just touch on that a bit more? That's a great question, and uh, the answer is uh, twofold. First of all, I think that the challenge of building a business case for sustainability was very much important to me. You know, it, a, a lot of years now in in the football field, we build business cases about different things, about sponsorship, about marketing, in several areas and aspects. But having something like sustainability so trendy at the moment and building a business case for that was something that triggered me to do that and uh, the second part was that sustainability for me is like an umbrella that touches upon all these different areas as you as you mentioned before sponsorship marketing all the the the, the areas all the operations of a football organization either a federation or a football club so i think the sustainability gives me the chance to work with all those departments and apply these principles in the full scope of operations of a football club. You know, you know that's that's actually something really, really interesting. And I think one question I have before maybe we move on to that sort of uh, go down that road is, you know, you did a degree in sports science, right? What was it then that, that made you not want to maybe go back and, and look at that? Because obviously, while sustainability, what you said is, is very much at your heart and it's a passionate, it's a passion of yours. You know, why why not have looked at doing something around sports science? Or was it an easy was it ever an easy decision for you to make? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a really great question, and uh, and it's funny because now when I talk with my friends from my bachelor degree, they they ask me exactly this question: like, how did you change so so like a one hundred and eighty degree turn? 
And I have to say that it came so naturally because I was just working and at some point I was interested in sustainability and then I was uh, focusing on that, going deeper and deeper and deeper. And then at some point when I turned back, I I, I didn't see my, myself back then. So, you know, sports science is great. I really loved it. I loved those days. But right now I think I'm totally focused on, on sustainability and I, I wouldn't change that. I'm, I'm, I feel really uh, lucky and happy that I had the chance to to work in this in this field. I think it speaks maybe to some of the qualities that you have, and, and you know, I, I think one thing to look at is you know, I, I know you because I've known you for so long, but I think you very much have an entrepreneurial spirit, and you're very much a go-getter, Janos. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe you can tell us about you know what, how did, what was it like, and and setting up the company, and and obviously now with, with the sports footprint being so active and 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 very much you know front and center for a lot of. A lot of people looking to move into that space. Tell us about the journey moving into setting up the company and, and what it means to you at the moment and what you guys are doing. Thank you for this question because it, it gives me a platform to say a few things that I really wanted to to express. You know, I think there are some beliefs in this in this entrepreneur world that they are not quite accurate because when I first started, there were a lot of people they said. Uh, you know, it's too risky of starting your own company in the middle of a crisis or, you know, after COVID. And that was really frustrating for me because so many people tried to to drive me away from that. But, or they, they even ask, uh, like, do you need a very deep knowledge of things in order to start your own company on that? And I think, uh, and this is a message to all the people out there that they want to start something on their own that all you need in the very beginning is to be brave, to be brave, to take some risks. And uh, because you believe on, on something and that might be your dream or that might be a change on the world, a positive change. So you need, in the very beginning, you need to be brave to start that in, in your life and then keep your eyes open to, to search for people or organizations that might help you in this journey. So obviously, in the very beginning, you don't know everything, or uh, I still don't know everything about sustainability in football. But when you do a positive change, or when you build a business, then you try to improve yourself every day, which is obviously a cliche. But uh, focusing more on the sports footprint, when I had the first idea about sustainability, I saw sustainability when I lived abroad in Europe in several countries. I saw how sustainability was applied in different sectors like uh, aviation or uh, in, in all of the sectors of our modern life. And then gradually I thought how we apply sustainability in sports and how we apply sustainability in football. So I was very much interested in that, watching the progression of this field in, in uh, several European countries, in the UK. And then I wanted to, to transfer that in, in my home country uh, but obviously to operate in a European uh, and global context. So I had the idea, and then I found some really close friends of mine that they were working already in the engineering space, and then we started the company, and here we are. I need to give yourself a lot of credit for starting and taking that first step, even though you may not have been an expert in sustainability and you're learning as you go. And you should give credit yourself to that and honestly salute to you. Something we should touch on really important, and I think, is you're lucky. So football was your passion and sustainability is something you were getting into. 
you decided to start your own company. But in between that period of time of discovering what you want to do and starting the company, surely you were looking at maybe positions in football, which might have sustainability, but you might have realized, yes, no, there is. What's wrong with the landscape of career opportunities in the footballing world? Can you touch on that for a bit? Just tell us about what sustainability is in football right now in terms of positions. Yeah, that's a that's a great question because it, it might identify a gap on the market because when I started uh, looking about sustainability, I saw a lot of writing content, blogs, different content on the social media from different people, but I didn't see actual positions in, in football clubs. Ju- just a few, maybe, to be honest. So, yeah, they, they weren't positions. So when I tried to focus on who is applying sustainability in a football club or a football federation, then I saw a lot of people that they are not experts on that. Maybe a public relation officer or a marketing uh, manager, the marketing team of an organization was the one responsible about sustainability. So that was really strange to me. And I thought, why a marketing department should be responsible for the sustainability strategy or policies of, of a large company or an organization because obviously that uh, is not the case for uh, big businesses in other sectors so why sports take sustainability you know so not as a not very important point but as the time progresses and before i start my own company and now there are uh, a big uh, number of positions coming in in sport organization as a sustainability manager or a corporate social responsibility manager, or even uh, you see sustainability departments in these organizations. And that's, I think it's emer- it emerges, it, it's definitely a necessity. It's definitely that coming up to the football industry. So I think for, I got good news for the people that they want to work in sustainability in football because there are several positions that uh, requires expertise on sustainability in football organizations. And one last detail is in the past, in the sports industry, but especially in football, all the sustainability experts, they were coming in from other other fields, like environmental engineers or architects or other engineers. They have worked a lot of years in, in their respective field, and then they had this offer to come into football. But at the moment, we see a lot of sport management or sport business or football business graduates getting these positions because sustainability obviously needs a lot of managerial skills and not just the technical knowledge. So I think as a bottom line, it's a very, very emerging field and a lot of positions will be available in the very near future. Thank you. you know, that, that's something that we both Hamad and myself actually in, in other conversations we've had with other stakeholders, you know, it's been something that we've heard before in the sense of you know sustainability being taken super lightly by all those involved really. And I suppose it leads to a wider problem where, you know, like you said, Janos, where you literally you're supposed to have a sustainability sustainability policy practice, even people within, you know, operating within within those within that context and space, but it's been shoved off to other departments, you know. So whether like you said before, marketing and stuff. That's exactly the feedback we got earlier on. I think now that you've seen that change, especially because you, know, you can actually see the, the opportunities that it presents. And I think if you look across the English game at the moment, I think they're all, they're all very much aware of it and, and are actually taking steps to do it. And, and I suppose that can only benefit, right? Because there is a financial aspect to it. There's a cost save, essentially, especially on energy reductions. 
but then also I think it also opens up a whole new world of sponsorship opportunities that you can engage a whole new sector, can't you? Those that are passionately involved within it. This is just my perspective, but I think if you take the example of the most sustainable club in the world, right? But, you know, that's just a really good example of it. But I'd be curious to know, you know, on that journey that you've been on, Yanis, what's this general sentiment or feeling been like you know, when you've had conversations with rights holders? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And to answer this question, I would like to go back to the motivations and the drivers of sustainability. And we need to firstly to answer the question, why sustainability was taken so lightly in the past. That's because there were three main aspects that they were not taken seriously or they didn't exist. First of all, there was no fan pressure, like fans were not active in this aspect or they, they didn't care about the environmental or the societal footprint of, of their organization. It was not widely known, in other words. The second one was not, there was no pressure from stakeholders. As you, as you mentioned before, sponsors or local uh, governments or any other stakeholder was not pressing a, a football organization to go to this uh, like greening journey and to be more sustainable. And thirdly, there was no regulation. There was no law that uh, demanded from these companies to be more sustainable. And gradually, as you, as you mentioned before, this is changing because in the European context, the European regulation uh, comes and says that uh, all large companies, they should publish their environmental reports from uh, 2024. Also, we see people that they're much more educated, much more aware about these um, uh, social and environmental issues, and they demand action from their club. And uh, they even switch their preferences to clubs that they represent these values. And lastly, and most importantly, sponsors understand that they can build a very strong business case, which in the past, sustainability was taken lightly because it was something like a CSR that we spent a few money, like a small amount of money to, to make some good and to build a, a positive brand image. But now, when building a business case, sponsors are much more interested to get aligned with football organizations that they have sustainability in their core. So at the moment, I would say that these three aspects build a very strong case for all the stakeholders to be involved in this uh, sustainability strategy of a football organization. You know, in a not healthy world, there is no football. So it's pretty obvious that football and, and climate and the natural environment, basically, they're bonded in a bidirectional relationship. Football affects the natural environment, but also the natural environment and climate uh, climate change and natural disasters, they affect football. We've seen some pictures from, uh, from UK stadiums, totally flooded because of big uh, natural disasters. And that, apart from the operational costs that, that has for the, for the local club, uh, doesn't simply let football be played. So... Uh, we've seen also some some research saying that uh, the air quality affects the quality of the play. So it's a very, very simple relationship that sustainability is a necessity for the sport, for football, to keep its existence and popularity. So in the bottom line, football should try to, to tackle 
climate change. Otherwise, it will affect its own existence as a sport. Yeah, I think they're, they're good points. And to be able to use football as a driving force to educate people about sustainability, to be able to push for it. And obviously, with the reach that they have and the social impact that we've seen they have on so many different problems, topics, issues, whatever it may be. The question is now, how do, do football clubs create a sustainability team? How do they internally take initiative in their own ways? We've seen certain teams take initiative in different ways. I know Brentford did not change their home kit last, from last year to this season. And that's a good way for people to keep their kits, not buy the kits, keep, keep doing that. I think a couple of other German teams have different initiatives. But how do you have more teams build their own sustainability team? Do they need to come up with their own sustainability strategy just to make it some sort of their own CSR? Is that how it's going to be? Or is it going to be a genuine move for, hey, we need to be sustainable on every different aspect? How, what's going to be the trend in the industry for these football clubs and how do they build their teams for sustainability? Yeah, uh, thank you for that. That's basically one of the most important points uh, for, for this discussion on how to do things, actually. So I think I, I, I will start with by saying that Last week, I was in the in a conference about uh, sport and sustainability in London, which was the only one and the biggest one dealing dealing with these issues. So, what was the conclusion of this conference is that sport organizations and football clubs specifically should first of all be authentic with their actions. There is nothing bad to say that we don't know. We don't know how to do things. We don't know how to become net zero. We don't know how to, to have the most uh, like social impact. And there's nothing bad with that. Nobody will blame a football club because they don't know how to set up a waste management system. So authenticity is the first thing. And then you need to find a person who will be dedicated to to sustainability of the, of the club. It, it doesn't need a, a lot of clubs make this mistake that they believe that they need to hire an external person being there, getting paid for that, and they say we don't have the budget for that. But it can be an internal person that has this environmental awareness and uh, social awareness and wants to have a positive change on the world. So this you, you, can, you can have a person dedicated to these aspects and working on that, and then this person tries and attempts to put sustainability in all of the operation. Of course, there will be lack of knowledge in these areas, and this is where uh, external consultants, as myself, come, comes in, because any football club doesn't need an external consultant to be along this journey all the time, but they need their knowledge in specific aspects. So, first of all, I would say that, that there are three different basic steps. First of all, you need to find a person dealing with these issues and trying to create a strategy and having a plan and embedding sustainability in the operation and bringing in different stakeholders like uh, AS Roma does at the moment, asks for the opinion of the fans about their own sustainability strategy. So you need to bring in everyone, discuss about sustainability, make it a common topic on your organization, and then where you have the lack of knowledge and where you have the, the the actual work to be done and 
And where you need specific knowledge there, you can hire consultants to help you with specific projects. And never forget as a third step, never forget that sustainability is a journey. Nobody will make it overnight. Nobody will make it in a year to be uh, totally sustainable. But when setting goals, do not be afraid to set goals and then try step by step to achieve them. No, definitely, definitely great points to talk on. And I think we will see, and as you said, you were just in London talking about sustainability and football in the UK, knowing how football is, how big football is in the UK and globally, English football is always looked upon. You know, everybody has eyes on the English league. It's the most watched football league in the world. So now we're going to talk more, I think, more about your personal experiences in sustainability since you founded your own company. So who's involved with you on this project? Who did you, when you started this company, was it an individual take on starting your own thing? Or was it, I'm bringing in someone as well with technical know-how who can also help me build strategies for football teams, for sports stakeholders. So talk to us more about your personal experience of starting your own company with someone or individually. Yeah. So when I started my own company, it was an individual decision to, to start this thing. And then what I tried to build was two big departments. The first one was the sustainability department, which is uh, which consists of a lot of uh, engineers, which were my, some of them were my friends, some, some of them, they were hired afterwards. But when we started, my first thought is that we need people with actual knowledge on the field and how to implement but projects in waste management, in water conservation, in energy efficiency, in uh, in clothing, in food, you know, all these aspects of, of sustainability. So I started by having my friend, uh, two of my best friends actually working on these aspects, which were uh, engineers, and they they had worked in the past about sustainability. So we, we created this department of actual sustainable solutions. And then my thought was that still sustainability hasn't gained the momentum and the awareness that it deserves. So a football club, when it implements this solution, needs to communicate these solutions to their fans and to communicate these practices out to the world. So we need a very strong marketing department, which will work closely with clients on how to communicate sustainability and how to bring all these stakeholders together through marketing practices. And then we, we obviously build this department. But that was, that was really challenging, and I would like to share that, because there is a confusion in, in, in marketing, in, in uh, sport and sustainability marketing, basically, on how to do this marketing in order not to be greenwashing. And uh, there we ended up that we need a combination of authentic uh, marketing, and then we need to combine not-for-profit marketing and for-profit marketing. So we need to build business cases, as, as I said before, about sustainability, and people should know that sustainability can can be a, a business. But at the same time, we need to speak in an authentic way about social and environmental issues. And finally, the last department of the company is the business development uh, department, where we find new areas of, of, of doing business and engaging with clients around this uh, sustainability. Because sustainability, as I said, is a very broad concept, a very vague 
concept and we need to see where we can innovate and be creative in this regard. And then now that now that you've gotten these, I'm going to say, departments in line and the people on board, who have you been reaching out to? Who have you worked with? And how do people react to you reaching out? Yeah, that's uh, that brings me a lot of memories of uh, back then. In the very beginning, when I reached out to to I reached out to my closest friends, and I told them like I pick up the phone and you know guys I I got a great idea I want to start a company do you want to listen more and in the discussion in the very beginning people were skeptical on how sports industry and football industry especially in Greece would see this idea and how they, they didn't believe actually that the industry would have a nice response and a quick response on that so they were they were kind of afraid but as we progressed, they became very excited about that. And the industry's response when we started operating in a very small scale and the interest of the people coming from the industry and sending us messages on how to collaborate and how, how to build projects. So the excitement gradually became higher and higher. And uh, that is what convinced everyone to be on board in, in the sports footprint. That's great to hear. And I'm sure you got a lot of great feedback from a lot of different football teams and sports organizations. In terms of obviously interacting with these organizations, can you give us an idea? You made, you don't have to name the club or the association or the group, but what's one of the more interesting projects you've worked on and where you had to think about outside the box and maybe a bit more technically than you might have to, to the classic recycling, to the classic waste management? What's something that got a bit more got got you thinking a bit more creatively a project of yours? Uh, thank you for the question because uh, most probably I would say this point is what makes me very very excited about sustainability in sports because when a client approaches us and when we have the first discussions on what to do and how to do, most of the clients are very confused, lost. They they don't know where to start. They don't know how to how to to start something because they are afraid of leaving a lot of things out. So when you, for example, you focus on recycling, then somebody can ask you, why don't you do another thing, like something about energy? So most of the clients, they're reaching out and they expect you to set up everything. And this is a very, very nice part of the job because over there you can be as creative as you want, as innovative as you want, because it's all up to you. Whatever you propose, it can be implemented. So this is my uh, the, the best part of the job, as I said, when we start and trying to have a holistic picture of things and a holistic approach to sustainability. So we, as you said, we go over this cliche of recycling or taking the bike and these very simple solutions. And we try to have more innovation on that and more creativity and make people passionate about that. So when we deliver this holistic approach in several different areas, then the clients are, it's their time to get excited. And they say, oh, we never thought about these things. We never thought that we can have a water conservation of 10% by using sensors, for example, in a football field. And then we start implementing things together. 
because you have the clients on board, super excited, super enthusiastic of what you do. And uh, at the same time, we feel this excitement, we feel the stakeholders engagement around that. So then the job gets very much easier because everyone is on board. Sounds like it's just really simple and an easy win, right? That everyone can really take and, and, and implement it. And there's very simple steps that I think we can all get involved with. And, and obviously, when you put them out to rights holders as well, they're not really moving the needle in terms of you know what they can do to really make a big shift and, and change. I think I'd be curious to know, Yanis, where, what trends, or rather, in a utopian world, I think I'd know where you'd want to be. But you know, what's the ultimate vision here? Like, what would you like to see implemented by most rights holders or, or even associations? First of all, I would like I would like them to have a concrete and a holistic uh, sustainability strategy, because that's the first step to define what you want, where are you now, where do you want to go, and how to go over there. So I think that all comes up to planning and being strategic and having a strategic approach on that. And uh, after setting up a strategy, then everything comes naturally because you can focus on on different categories at the same time. And one thing brings the other, because when you install some like environmental solutions, for example, and then you start having your return on investment and you start making money out of sustainability, then it's much easier to go to the second step and the third step because you see that it works. And uh, it works for your own pocket, but for your stakeholders, your right holders, So you need to make a start, but before making a start, you need to have a strategic management approach to sustainability. Otherwise, you are going to touch upon different areas without having any plan. And then this is very confusing for for everyone. No, I think that makes total sense, right? It's almost a matter of having, I think for any business line or any business, right? It's a matter of having that strategy in place. And then obviously, you know, I think, successful implementation of the strategy then just gets you that buy-in, doesn't it? And then once you see one win, you get the next and the third, and it all just falls naturally into, into line, really, doesn't it? I think, you know, so we've obviously then spoken a little bit about, you know, what good looks like and, and, and in very much a utopian world, what we'd like to see happen over the short term and potentially even the long term. But I think the question I'd like to ask next is, you know, you, you've gone through on this journey of sports scientist down to sustainability and, and almost being a consultant now after going down the route doing your master's. At this point, you know, how would you, if someone was interested in doing the same thing, you know, very much going down the sports consultant and sustainability world, what would be your best advice to them? You know, what are the paths available to them in terms of whether it be education, short courses, or maybe, you know, how to break into the industry? Keep your eyes open. <laughs> Nothing more than that. <laughs> I think that people that are interested on in a field they should always, you know, it's it's kind of cliche, but always seeking for opportunities to learn and get involved. For example, you can, uh, if, if you go to a football club, if you know nothing about sustainability and you go to a football club and you say, you know what, I want to get involved. I care about the society. I get, care about the environment. I want to help you on that. Just volunteer my time and, and uh, be involved. I don't think that anyone will say no to this offer. And then when you start, you know, you you need to combine in that's my mindset and my inner beliefs that you need to combine theoretical knowledge with practical skills and applied skills. So 
as you do actually the job in a football club, then you need to try to find resources online. And there are many resources online. There are several academic articles and books, but also short courses from universities and private organizations. By the way, we're, we're in a process to build this, this course on our own. And then when you apply this, this knowledge and when you do actually things, you get more and more involved. And I would be definitely interested to hire a person like that who has experience from the, from the field and a nice little uh, theoretical background. So I don't think it's that complicated. I don't think it's that structured as medicine. For example, if you told me about medicine, you need to go to school, to college, you need to... to graduate and then be a doctor but you need to keep your eyes open and be flexible and adaptable to different situations you know what that's 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 quite interesting because i feel like there's a common theme there and a lot of people at least i've spoken to and i know i know some of them as well but i think a lot of them have had the greatest opportunities in life because they've been willing to volunteer give up their time just get involved in local community-based initiatives that involves football and something that they're passionate about right and in doing so, you know, they've, they've met people that has then didn't have to be today or tomorrow, but it pays off later down the line because, you know, with six months, three years down the line, you never know when someone would just remember you, remember how you worked or remembered something along those lines and pick up the phone and be like, oh, hey, we'd love to work together again. So come on board. And it's, it's, it's quite powerful, isn't it, really? It's a, it's a small world. It's a small community. The sports industry is a very, it looks like huge. You know, we had this discussion the other day in London. Yeah. So it, it looks like a huge, like a fantastic industry all over the world. So many people being involved. But as you go deeper and deeper, you see that there are several people that you know and creates a small community where, you know, it's the personal touch, the word of mouth and the personal recommendation has the most power apart from CVs and cover letters and, and stuff like that. I think that's so true. And I think that's something that Amal and I can both attest to just how quickly, you know, when we've both walked into the industry now, it is just, you know, you think from the outside in, it's big. But once you're in it, you know, the touch points and the people that you meet, you're all so connected. So yeah. it's, it's, it's been really, really cool, I think, getting to, getting to grips with that and getting to see it firsthand. But you know what? Something I want to touch on, Janos, that you actually mentioned was three key points. I think was it practical skills, theoretical skills, and applied skills. Was that right? Because yeah. I absolutely love that. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that line combination was just such a powerful tool. You got it uh, absolutely right. So I would say that practical work, either as a volunteer or as a as a paid in a paid position. So practical work in sustainability, a bit of theoretical knowledge, a bit of uh, of having you know this sense of what the academics say about that and what's the theoretical background of of sustainability. And what the what are the theoretical foundations of that, and as a third and most importantly, uh, continuous interest, being eager to learn more from from different resources. You can just just Google some things, and then you get so many so many ideas, and then you go to implement them. You maybe read a little bit about their theoretical background, and that makes a really powerful combination. Yeah, I think that that's just great advice for anyone listening as well, right? Those three skills combined can just harness so much. I'll give you, I'll give you a powerful example, a powerful story, because I think stories are are much more powerful than words in general. I knew a guy who was in university with me, and I just knew his face, you know. And at some point, 
he reached out and and he said several years uh, after after we uh, got to know each other and he said you know what i find what you do amazing and uh, i had a, I, he had a, a really nice idea about uh, the application of sensors in water management systems which was applied in uh, agriculture and he thought of transferring this agriculture mindset and skills to football uh, stadiums and golf pitches as well. And uh, he said, you know, I was thinking about that. What What do you think? And then we had a coffee together and we analyzed this idea and it was very practical. And we worked together in this project. Uh, we definitely worked and it was a huge success and the program that will be applied by the Greek Football Federation on the next couple of months. So it was simple as that. A guy reaching out, having an innovative idea and then we work together. I just wanted to touch on that. I think being able to reach out to people, you know, whether in the industry or not, will always help. And I think people underestimate the power of networking and in football more and more as Ferris and I are integrating it. And Yanis, I think you can vouch for this is we don't be afraid to reach out to someone who not only that you can add value to them, but they can add value to you. And as long as it's a genuine networking opportunity, I don't think anyone should turn it down. And when it's for the greater good, I think, of society, there's no better platform than football for for people to connect. We've seen historically what football can do and people underestimate the power it has. And again, just by us being part of it, I think we see it on a daily uh, through LinkedIn, through Instagram, through Twitter, through so many different ways. So, yeah, I think just, just on that point, like hats off to you for doing that. And again, just to go off of that, I wanted to ask you a question. So you're getting to know people, you're networking, but how have you managed to maintain those relationships in the industry, especially in sustainability? Because a lot of people can be like, yeah, I'm connecting with you, whatever, and shrug it off, right? I think it's very easy for people to be like sustainability is CSR, not a genuine concern. This is part of my life in the sense of I've interacted with people like that. But how do you maintain those relationships with people and keep them around to help you or you help them in different ways? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a great question. And I think the key word here is adding value, as you said. The first step, obviously, it's pretty easy that you go and reach out to somebody either through LinkedIn or in person and you just uh, change a couple of words. But then... In this community, in this small community of of, uh, sports and then a smaller community about corporate social responsibility and sustainability, you need, first of all, to think and value the time of people. You know that people are very busy and they don't want to talk about general ideas and, and, you know, general things. So, first of all, the rule number one for me is you respect the time of people. And secondly... Everyone is interested in innovation, in creativity, in discussing new ways of doing things. So a very key part in football and sustainability is the exchange of best practices, is the exchange of benchmarks and the exchange of of what works, but also what doesn't work, because we don't know yet everything. So it would be very, very important for me uh, from someone to from uh, from Saudi Arabia or from Qatar or from uh, Spain to reach out to me and say, you know, we tried this and it doesn't work, or we tried this and it's amazing and it's innovative, and then providing numbers and and stuff like that. So, I think maintaining relationships 
is a key thing. And adding value to this relationship comes from the exchange of ideas and the exchange of actual work, basically. I, for one, personally, absolutely love that, Janos. Like, I, I'm all about you know reaching out to people, being approachable, but also you know just trying to add value to people's lives, right? I think that's, that's such an important point and, and, and just way to look at it. What I'd be curious to know is as well, like what trends or visions you have for the industry now going forward? Yeah, uh, that's that's my uh, thoughts as well, everyday thoughts. I identify in the football industry that the, be, the two biggest trends are digitalization and sustainability. And I think this will be for the next 20 years at least. So I think the most important thing and where the most innovation will come in the next few years are in combining those two trends and creating products and services that have integrated both digitalization and sustainability. So when people come uh, in the industry as as graduates, as, as newcomers in the industry, I don't think that it would be beneficial for them to just search for new trends and, and try to, to start something from the scratch, basically. But I would find rather important to think on how to combine this digital era that we live and these uh, data analytics and big data with uh, sustainable environmental or social KPIs and, uh, and goals. So I would, I would see that the next few years will be all about combining digitalization and sustainability. That seems definitely to be the way, especially when you look across the digital world. And like I said, I think now with, you touched on it before, Jans, but just with how I think rights holders, clubs, associations, all these sports bodies and entities all kind of, I think, realizing there is a business case now for sustainability, it only truly makes sense, right? And if it can go hand in hand with the digital assets and the digitalization of sports, then it just all perfectly aligns, doesn't it? I think maybe just moving on to our last section where we'd really like to take a deep dive into your insights into you know, what you can give back to people from based on your experiences. So what's something that you wish you could have done earlier or realized, which may now help someone else so in the same in the same position. So that wants to move into maybe the same sort of position as you are now. Yeah, that's uh, advising your younger self is is always tricky, you know. Um, sure. We we've we've seen always these letters, you know, from big football stars that they write this letter to their younger self. I would say that I would, if I would advise something of of myself and younger people, would be to keep your eyes and ears open, and you know that's that's very vague and, and cliche, but in general. Always try to have the big picture. Don't focus too much on details. Don't focus too much on the application of small things with a small impact inside the football organization. Even if you work in a department like the marketing department or the operations, always try to keep the big picture of how what I do is impacting uh, the guy besides me and uh, the whole organization and the whole local society. So having the big picture of what happens in the world and uh, where the world is heading and uh, how these uh, different aspects, they, what's the interaction of different industries and sectors and uh, departments in a macro or in a micro level, I think that's a key thing for a 
professional career and for a life of a young professional. So I would advise myself to always stick on the big picture. I absolutely love that, Janos. I think sometimes we all do get bogged down too much, right? I'm just thinking about the small stuff, sweating small stuff, not really thinking beyond that. I think the last thing maybe I just want to touch on is you mentioned you were at a summit recently or a conference. Can you tell us the name of that and also what was the experience like? Yeah, sure. It was a Sport Positive Summit, which was the the first uh, Sport Positive Summit in Wembley Stadium in, in London. And uh, it was uh, organized by the Sport Positive. And uh, specifically, I would like to give a big shout out to Claire Poole, who is a big innovator and started from the scratch all this uh, sustainability discussion in the British football, in the Premier League. Uh, she also publishes uh, through the Sport Positive, the Premier League Sustainability Table, which is a massive thing. And she organized for the first time a big sport and sustainability conference. So there were more than 500 in-person attendees and uh, also several online. We had an amazing time over there, very insightful discussions by the leaders in sustainability. You know, there was the CSR manager of the uh, NBA, of the Premier League, of football clubs, you know, huge, huge organizations. So we had a lot of insights, a lot of panel discussions, and a lot of workshops. And most importantly, we had the chance to connect and network with uh, people around the world working in uh, sustainability. And obviously, this uh, led to a lot of uh, useful connections and a lot of projects, uh, which between countries and that's that's also very very important i was just thinking now while you're saying that as in the back of my head i'm thinking is there anything better than just being in the same room with people that are just as passionate as you about the same topic and you know to be in the same room there's some of those people from organizations that you mentioned i, I it's just amazing right i speak mm-hmm. and it goes i think it speaks to the power of you know networking but also going to some of these conferences right where you can actually get face to face and actually have these conversations Man, in this in this point, I I should uh, definitely reference uh, Bill Gates in uh, in his book of how to avoid the climate disaster. He said that the most powerful way to be an expert in the field and get to know things is invite the biggest experts for dinner. Just invite them, having a dinner, and then and then the the discussion naturally comes to the topic, and then you get so many ideas and so many like insights. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah. I suppose on that note as well, you know, we've gained a lot of insight from you today, Anna. So once again, you know, I think big thank you for coming on. It's, it's, it's truly been, honestly, really cool to have you. And I'm sure all of our audience members are going to love hearing this. They're going to love the episode. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, again, as Fred said, we can have you further down the line, maybe for a different type of discussion. Hopefully people can reach out to you and share their stories and will be inspired by your topic, your journey and, and your insights to be able to actually take that leap into sustainability in sports, given that it's growing. And hopefully again, through football, we can have a positive impact on society. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for, for giving me the platform. Thank you so much for the discussion. It was very insightful to, to me as well to hear your questions and uh, how the discussion, the interaction. So thank you so much. Good luck with, with everything that you do is so, so important for people from the industry listening to to your discussion with experts and what they say and uh, i think that's that's very important for for their professional development so thank you so much <laughs>